Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Epler, and welcome to Season 1 of Yoga for Everyone, a podcast about the evolution of modern yoga. In Season 1, I'm here with Bryce Delbridge at Ashtanga Yoga Studio in Norman, Oklahoma, where we are talking through some of the basic challenges that new students face in today's yoga climate and how the face of modern yoga has changed in recent times. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Yoga for all cultures. Bryce, I noticed that um, you, you don't have any orange clothes on and um, you, you don't <laughs> have any marks on your forehead. I forgot my naked ashes of the dead back home. I, don't, I just well, have to you, wait till next really time. Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> so, so what is a yogi supposed to look like? Uh-huh. Uh, well, I thought we were just talking about what it doesn't look like. <laughs> I thought it was beyond what it looks like. Oh, well, how am I supposed to know that you're a yogi if I, I like, can't tell? Uh, because my ego will be so big, it'll outshine all the fancy clothes I'm wearing. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, yoga came from India. And it is definitely infused with Indian culture, or it was when it started. And now it, it's kind of spread to the whole world. So it's, we can call it a cross-cultural phenomenon. And, you know, I heard one of our teachers in India say that now yoga is no longer the property of India. It's become the property of the entire world. Yeah. It belongs to all of humanity, which now, now not every Indian person might agree with that. Sure. But um, to a great extent... Yoga has spread all over the world. Yeah. And I think it's taken on different shapes and, and colors as it's done that. Of course. It's sort of like if you made yogurt in Mysore, India, and then you took a little bit of it and bought some milk in Oklahoma and mixed it in and made yogurt here. Well, that yogurt would taste just a little different. Mm-hmm. So it's a cultural art form, so to speak. Um. I don't believe that it's necessary to adopt the cultural customs or appearances of any other culture than your own in order to practice yoga. Agreed. That's my that's my personal um, understanding. And so, the, what am I going to do with all these ashes of dead people? <laughs> we'll just have to eat them quietly in, in private. <laughs> What am I going to do with all these orange clothes that you just gave me? <laughs> uh, well, you can wear them at home or you can take pictures for Instagram. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and, and and the important thing is that you look really enlightened. <laughs> Never mind if you're yelling at your kids and you're freaking out about your money and that you are just uh, totally barely making it. But as long as you look enlightened, you're so in there. <laughs> you're in there with most of the people who look enlightened. <laughs> And so we have our own cultural yoga dogma here in the United States, just as there's cultural dogma in any other culture and in India, too. Like we were talking about in the last podcast, how some people you don't drink coffee, don't eat chocolate, don't eat anything besides vegetarian food. Otherwise, you're not a yogi. Right. We have the, we have our own sort of cultural stigma here. And uh, indeed, one thing that's interesting whenever we we're filming the documentary, I think it was Sharma who said, uh, it, it kind of took me aback. He said, you know, you Westerners, you actually are getting more success in yoga because you don't have the same cultural dogma that we do whenever we're growing up here. 
And I thought that was so interesting for him to share that kind of perspective. Bizarre for us, it's right? It's so bizarre <laughs> uh, because he thinks that we can get more success because we don't have all these hesitations and all these restrictions based on our caste or on uh, on family sort of tradition where we can just kind of dive into these practices without the same cultural context. Well, uh, I should just take him to a, a Nazarene Sunday service with some of my family and, and he and can understand him. about some dogma and right. social conditioning. Show him our own dogma because okay. every culture has dogma. It's going to um, be unavoidable. So, so with regards to yoga and and the the inevitable um, desire that we have to kind of show it in in some sense, and mm-hmm. so there's the you know yoga pants for instance. Mm-hmm. Women wear yoga pants everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. They, they put pockets in them now, yeah, so they, true. you know, because it's a kind of like I practice yoga thing, <laughs> you know, carrying a, a yoga mat around or having an Om sign tattooed or or uh-huh. something. So I, I wanted to kind of mention about, like, for for Indian people who are my friends and teachers and, you know, certainly Orthodox uh, Indians and Brahmins, mm-hmm. some of those symbols and deities are sacred. They're very sacred to them. Yeah. And if they see their cultural icons and symbols being used or worn or treated in a manner that's they consider disrespectful they don't appreciate it yeah and um you know for instance there there's a thing about feet in fact most asian cultures have a kind of uh distaste for the feet they don't like it if you point their feet your your feet at them they, uh, you know, sometimes students do touch teachers' feet as a sign of respect. Um, so if they see your feet all over a yoga mat that's got a picture of Lord Shiva. Yeah, or an Om sign. They don't like it. No, they don't like it. And um, they, they, they don't like to see a deity worn below the waist. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you... and and. You know, I think I'm wearing something on my T-shirt right now. <laughs> it's got a <laughs> representation of Lakshmi. Okay, well, if you wear it above the waist, it's okay, but it's still kind of pushing it. Yeah. Like, okay, if you saw somebody with a T-shirt that had a picture of Jesus Christ on it, uh-huh. and they were at a bar just super drunk and uh-huh. yelling and, and cussing and... Uh, being lewd and belligerent. Yeah. A devout it, Christian wouldn't really like that. They would, yeah. they would they wouldn't like that very much. It would just be like, well, you know, I mean, it's okay to go to the bar and and it, it's okay to wear a t-shirt with Christ on it, but um you you don't have to really mix those two <laughs> things together. They don't right. go very well together. Right. So, I I think that because those symbols and and deities do belong to Indian culture, it's important to be respectful of them if we choose to use them. Yes. And, uh, you know, all of our Indian teachers and friends, they don't, they don't care if you 
adopt their culture or not. They're kind of flattered if you do, but mm-hmm. they don't think that yoga uh, demands that you become a Hindu. Right. Now, Hinduism is a religion. Right. Uh, and uh, but but yoga is a science, and then we'll we'll get into that. But um, so how to be respectful uh, of of another culture and practice this thing, and, and because yoga impacts us so much that uh, you know it it does change our our personal identity. Mm-hmm. I think people begin to believe in themselves a lot of times. Like you can't convince me I'm a lazy slob like everybody else. I got up and did yoga at six o'clock this morning. What were you doing at six o'clock yeah, this morning? Right. I, I know that I'm working and, and I can, not only that, I can see it happening in my body mm-hmm. and I know that these things are changing me. I really believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get an ohm sign tattooed or I'm going to wear a mala or mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, you know, alter my external appearance in a way that kind of shows that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's okay. Yeah, me too. As long as it's done in a way that's uh, respectful of the culture that, mm-hmm. that these practices and adornments and symbols sort of come from. Uh, but it's I think a they have a hard time with the tattoos sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a balance, you know. Um, how much of it is uh, cultural appropriation and how much of it is just like uh, a global sort of fusion of cultures. Cultural appropriation. I, I, that was one of the subjects I did want to uh, talk about. It's a big topic these days. Yeah. Are we going to take the cultural icons and symbols and ideas of Indian culture and make a living with it and uh, earn money and promote ourselves, and 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 then do things with those uh, icons that are actually disrespectful and not appreciated mm. very much by the culture that they came from. Right. That doesn't seem quite right to me. No. So, like, like you know, if if you put a picture of Shiva or Krishna or any deity in a bathroom, it's like super disrespectful. Mm-hmm. They really don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you have that is just great. Like, but, but if you're going to have that thing, that means that y- you should put it not in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I, yeah, I, I, it, it's comical in a way that, that we have this huge clash and fusion of culture mm-hmm. and, and mentality and mm-hmm. thinking. So, um, if I have a cross, which I do, inherited from my family, I, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't really put that in a bathroom. <laughs> so cultural appropriation, taking things from another culture, reappropriating them to our personal use and um, making money with it, putting whatever spin in, in a way we sexualized yoga, we commercialized yoga, we made it into a business, we... Uh, took it out of its context. It's it's basically just exercise in 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 a very real way, and there is a lack of appreciation for that in India. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, so, 
yoga, you know, according to BNS Iyengar in his notes, should be taught in a way that is understandable and relatable to by all cultures that doesn't trip those triggers. Mm -hmm. So in trying to do that, I think we have to evolve language that's respectful mm-hmm. and customs that are respectful mm-hmm. and, and let everybody be who they really are. And, you know, you know, like sometimes it's the wannabe vibe, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, like one of my kids' friends, you know, this like middle class Caucasian boy with baggy pants and his ball cap cocked off to the side, and he's trying to talk in this this like rapper slang thing, like he's some kind of rapper from New York. Well, it's comical. It's, it's kind of cute, <laughs> but he's trying to be something that he's really not right. and can't ever really be. Right. And, and it's like, that's okay when you're 12 or 14 or whatever. But, but when you're a grown up adult and you're trying real hard to be something that you're essentially not, it, it gets kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can make fun of myself too. I wear a mala. I've got one on right now. I've got a <laughs> deity t-shirt. Um, I, I have deities all over my house, but not in the bathroom. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, I, I love those things and, and I love Indian culture. Yeah. But, um, I, I think that trying to share yoga practice successfully in our culture means that we we have to kind of tone that down a little bit of course and and meet people wherever they're at of course because a lot of people they don't like the malas and they don't like the deities and that's going to be a humongous turnoff to people in our culture and so finding a way to communicate yoga that is is not biased towards any one single culture but is in fact embracing all cultures Yoga has an inherent ability to create happiness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a part of yoga philosophy that, that at our very core, we have joy. Mm-hmm. And outside, we have all different layers of, of self and, and personality and, and I'm this and I'm that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we create our unhappiness with our, our views of ourself. Mm-hmm. But... In teaching yoga and sharing yoga, trying to get past the the cultural diversity, trying to get past the social diversity, and just really speak on in universal terms that everybody can relate to and understand, Mm -hmm. do this feel better. Uh, Whatever your problems are, they're the same problems that everybody else has too. Mm -hmm. There's nothing new. Like human beings have suffered from the same basic moral and social dilemmas from time immemorial Mm -hmm. and yoga is education for the soul or for for it it gives us a way of dealing with the very real issues that life has and you know we'll get into that more in our next podcast but um i really think and guruji thinks too that Yoga should be shared with everyone in a way that's accessible to all cultures and mm-hmm. it doesn't alienate anyone 
or make anyone feel less than. So whether you're a business executive with a very sharp haircut and very nice clothes and shoes, or whether you're just kind of a ragamuffin and you're a hippie or you're a housewife or you're you're just a, a college student who's, you know, going to school and dressed like everybody else, then, then um, that should be fine. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to add is... Uh Back to what I mentioned earlier about how Sharma said we can excel faster in yoga here in the West than they can in the East. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, the Hatha yoga, like we were talking about in the last podcast. All of that came from renunciate culture, ascetic culture, where they didn't have any possessions. They didn't have any money. They were covered in ashes of the dead, whereas the higher class, more wealthy uh, class of people they were more concerned with meditation and how over in India still, those two schools don't really get along. They still kind of butt heads. But it's over here in the West, in our own culture, that we're in a single yoga class. We're combining all of these methods and calling it yoga. We've got the physical, we've got the breath work, we've got uh, the psycho-emotional and the meditation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Yoga for Everyone. If you found our conversation meaningful, we would love for you to consider subscribing, sharing this episode with a friend, or writing a review of our podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts to share, you're welcome to shoot us an email through our website, ashtangayogastudio.com. Thanks again for listening.